I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. The podcast. Hello, guys. (laughs) Welcome back. Today, we are taking a break from the Liver King drama and talking more about our usual intuitive eating content. Today, we're going into emotional eating, which we should have recorded like three dozen episodes ago because it's a question we get all the time and we always talk about it with other people. So um, anyway, it's going to be good to have this episode to refer to for anyone who struggles. I know that a lot of people do struggle with emotional eating in whatever capacity. So we're going to go over what that even really means. Maybe you don't even know that you struggle with it. We're going to help you kind of identify that. Um, We'll go over the different types of emotional eating talk about why it isn't a bad thing. Spoiler alert. And then lastly, go over how to cope with it. Um, Because even though it's not a bad thing, it's not always going to be great to do all the time. It's not going to feel very great. Things we'll explain in this episode today. Yeah. So let's just talk about what is emotional eating and emotional eating can look a lot of different ways. And it's different from our physical hunger. It's more of that like emotional hunger. And I know you can't really use a definition inside of (laughs) the word inside the definition, but let's say, for example, like physical hunger, we get from working out more or going long periods of time without eating, or maybe like our blood sugar levels are dropping. Those are like physical or physical reminders or like physical methods, not methods, but like something that's happening physically to your body Yeah, that is telling you to eat. Whereas emotional can be driven by more of those like internal factors. So like happiness, sadness, boredom, uh, stress, stuff like that. That's a little bit more psychologically driven. That is what the eating, that's what kind of eating we'll be talking about today. Yeah. I always say that like physical hunger is something we feel as a result of like physiological, biological, like actual, like hormonal cues in our body or processes, I guess. Um, so it's like, I guess physical hunger is the best way to define it. You know what it is, you know, physical hunger feels like, but emotional hunger can happen whether or not we're physically hungry. So emotional hunger has nothing to do with those like leptin and ghrelin, like hunger and fullness hormones. It's simply due to psychological feelings. Again, it could be boredom. Like Emily said, boredom, stress, loneliness, sadness, even happiness too. We can even happily emotionally eat. Um, but that is when we are eating whether or not we may have hunger cues to go along with it, which again, is not inherently a bad thing as we'll explain. Yeah. I feel like we already spoiled all the different types of emotional eating. (laughs) Let's talk about I feel like one of the most common ones, stress eating. Yeah. You hear this all the time, like, oh, I'm stress eating this pizza or I stress ate last night. I was bad. I also am a, I'm trying to think of which type I, we could make, we could talk about this after we go through all of them. I'm trying to think of which one I participate in the most, but oftentimes we think of like, is a bed, is a bed. So to say is a bedtime coming up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Are we stressed about going to bed? No. 
is like a deadline coming up. Oh my God. That's what I would stress about. <laughs> oh my God. It's almost seven 30. Why am I still at this meeting? <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe you receive some bad news or maybe like you find yourself wanting something like sweet or salty. You're like, Oh, I just need to eat something right now. And it's like, or maybe work isn't going well and you're going somewhere to eat or like that from that distraction standpoint and stress management is always something we should all work on. It's not ever something that's going to go away. Unfortunately, we're not going to all not be stressed. That'd be amazing. I can't even imagine a world like that. It probably will never exist, but we want to make sure that sometimes we can't always just get rid of the stressor as great as that be like, just stop working or, um, don't talk to this person you don't like, or like something like that. Um, but we want to make sure that we can manage that initial emotion in some way, especially from a stress standpoint, because stress eating isn't bad. It's just, there are other methods to manage your stress and you might feel a little bit better if you do, if you switch it up a little bit. Yeah. To go along with that, we can come back and talk about how we emotionally eat if you want to, but to go along with what you just said before I forget this thought, um, I always like to say that to go along with like how it isn't always a bad thing. It's a choice. Like if you are choosing to emotionally eat cool, like that can be a very valid way to cope with whatever emotion, but if it's more of like a compulsive reactive, like chronic thing where whenever I feel stressed, my only way I know how to cope with it is to turn to sweets or salty or whatever you would normally turn to. That's when we want to figure out why that's happening and maybe kind of think of other ways that we could cope with whatever that emotion is. So again, that choice is that kind of keyword there where if you're choosing to do so, like I give the example of, um, I guess to go back to our question that I just talked about of what, what do we do? Um, I will like every Sunday, me and Finn, and if Ross is not working, he'll join us. We do what we call popcorn snacks where like to get like relaxed for the week, we make a big old bowl of popcorn and we just like eat that and chill. We watch TV. So it's like our way of, I guess it's not really like reacting to anything, but it's preventing emotional stress, Mm -hmm. um, which I would classify as emotional eating. Cause I'm not always hungry for that popcorn. It's just like a routine or something that we do to help with that emotion every week. Yeah. But we're choosing to, it's not like, oh, I feel stressed every Sunday. Got the Sunday scaries. I got to get that popcorn in. It's more of like a choice. I'm choosing to do it. And it helps me to feel better in that moment. Yeah. And it's also like the more you work on recognizing it, the better you'll just kind of feel with it. Or like, maybe you're like, oh, I'm really stressed. I know this is why I'm gravitating towards that candy bar but it's okay because I know this is kind of what's driving that and like I understand what the root cause of it is is my whatever stress but I'm this is how I'm choosing to deal with it right now and that's fine yeah how would you say you emotionally eat if any of these I emotionally eat when someone makes me angry oh yeah some anger eating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or I, or I'm like really annoyed with someone or like mm-hmm. it's typically work-related <laughs> I don't I don't really surround myself with people that I don't get along with yeah 
Unfortunately, like, you can't always choose your coworkers. No, you cannot. <laughs> so like, what would you typically like turn to? Like what kind of foods? Well, I, the way I eat is very odd. I have found I get things in large batches. So like I'm kind of succumbed to whatever I had really been fixating on during that time. Mm, yeah. But it's normally a salty. I normally always have a salty and sweet on hand. So like whichever direction that goes, I'll go with that. Same. I like to have both. Like if I have the popcorn, I have to have something sweet with it, like chocolate chips that I sprinkle in there or like a glass of like Mm -hmm. a sweet wine, like salty and sweet together is my go-to also. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Remember that was you, right? When we were at Purdue, was it Purdue or in Orlando? Where I was like, oh, I need savory. Oh, I need sweet. Oh, that I need was, savory. That was Orlando. I, like, <laughs> I could not get satisfied. I was like, I would eat a sweet thing and then I would need salty after that. And then I would need sweet after that. And I just like, could not figure out the perfect balance. <laughs> Wonder what that was about. Probably because I was a billion degrees and I was like, that was the day that I was like drenched in sweat when we got on the, the, the scooters. I was stress eating that day for sure. Those scooters caused me a lot of distress. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, yeah. Like, you live in Florida. You've got some, <laughs> some balls. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about the next night. Let's move on from sweat. <laughs> so another common type of emotional eating, which this one doesn't really get talked about as much is celebratory eating. So we think of like going out to eat for a birthday or a promotion or even like a social event for work or just a social event in general. Oftentimes there's a lot of like really positive emotions going on or maybe there's like a lot more food than we normally eat and it's like just part of the event. Like this is what's going on. We're all going to snack on some appetizers and eat a dinner and drink our drinks and hang out with each other and have a good time. And this is just to go to show that like emotional eating, we always, we always perceive it as a bad thing, but celebratory eating, I would not say like, not that like anything's bad, but like, are you mad at yourself for celebrating? Like, no, that's a very like clear, well, hopefully clear. Well, I have a story on this one. I have spoken, (laughs) I have spoken with some weight loss experts, I guess you could call them. And they always talk with their patients about how like, oh, our society sets you up for failure of emotional eating because we're always eating. We eat at Thanksgiving, we eat at Christmas, we eat at birthdays. And they kind of like make it seem like a really bad thing that we use food to celebrate because it inhibits their weight loss. Oh, so uh, <laughs> I've heard lots of times that people will say like around the holidays, especially it's like, oh, we're going to be eating due to whatever celebration reason. This is going to be so bad for me. Oh, no, we're happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Heaven forbid we use food for more than fuel because it just tastes really delicious and it brings us together with family and celebrates a certain culture, maybe even. Oh no, but your weight might go up for a day because of the extra salt and carbs. How will we ever recover from that? If only our bodies were smart machines or not machines, smart. 
innovators. Yeah. That can handle a little celebrating once in a while. Well, I retract my previous statement then because no, yours was right. I live in a world that you hadn't heard of that, but yeah, yeah. I live in a, I'm not exposed to that quite as often. Speaking of choosing your surroundings. (laughs) You can't, (laughs) can't always do that. Mm -mm. Yeah. But celebrations are not a bad thing, especially from a food standpoint. And I hate when people are like, this is something I haven't hearing. This people, the like whole calories don't count around the holidays. I know we already talked about this, but like just the complete like disregard for nutrition is like, it's like yes. one or the other. Yes. And Honor it's off. not, it's not like that. No, I don't. No. And thinking that way just sets you up for getting into a vicious cycle of like you're either super duper strict and you hate yourself or you're saying, screw that. That's too hard. And then you're overeating and also hating yourself and feeling uncomfortable. Neither of which are good. No. So yeah, you were right about the celebratory eating. Like it can be a positive thing, which is again, another example of how emotional eating is not always inherently bad. No No matter what those weight loss experts will tell you. No. Let's talk about the last one, which is another common one. It's eating out of sadness. I don't do this one. Do you? I I'm realizing I'm reflecting on myself right now and I eat two different ways. I, most of my, okay, well, maybe we can talk about this in a second. Let's talk about eating out of sadness first. (laughs) So this is when like, maybe you're going through a breakup or maybe you're mourning a loss of someone or maybe you failed a class Hannah and I (laughs) (laughs) how do we react to that I want to unpack that also in a second well we'll come back there are two things you need to pin one yes we're gonna analyze our emotional eating and then we're gonna talk about how we reacted to (laughs) failing a class (laughs) but eating out of bad sadness is very common because people use it as like a numbing agent, a distractor to avoid thinking about those sad feelings. It's so common and it doesn't make it bad. It's like, it's a coping mechanism. You're, yeah. People cope in different ways and you cope with food in that sense. And that doesn't mean you also only need to have one coping mechanism. You can have multiple different coping mechanisms. Um, but like, obviously it's much harder when you're like in the emotion and you can't like, which coping mechanism am I going to try out right now or, or lean on? It's something that you just take a lot of like practice around awareness of your triggers. It just is also foreshadowing later things we'll talk about. Um, but the more you raise recognition around it and just kind of know what drives you and how you react the better you'll be able to handle it. And that doesn't mean that you'll stop emotional eating because Hannah and I are very in tune with our emotional eating triggers and we both still emotionally eat. Yeah, exactly. I want to bring the first point we're going back to. I realized how I emotionally eat. It's not out of anger. Even though that is a little bit. I eat more emotionally when I'm overwhelmed but when I'm sad, I don't eat anything. That's how I am too. If I'm like really sad about whatever it is, I probably won't eat much. Yeah. Or if I'm like super stressed, I don't eat. 
Like if I have, like, I hate job interviews. If I have a job interview, it's like my nightmare. Uh, like putting on a show for an hour in front of some loser. I don't even know who's going to judge me the whole time. Absolutely not. I hate job interviews. Yeah. Hopefully if I ever had a future interview, no one's listening to this. Um, <laughs> digital footprint. Um, anyway, like I get so stressed about those. I like won't eat. Like if it's at like 10 AM, mm-hmm. I will not eat from like dinner until after the interview is over. Yeah. Stress is a big one for me that I don't do, but yeah, I don't know like what more so like negative emotion leads me to eat. Not stress. I use it as a sadness. distraction when I have, to, when, when I have mm. a lot to do, I'll eat. Yeah. Um, but also I feel like my body's getting more sensitive. It's really annoying. Like mm. I have to like think about what I eat a little bit more now because I can easily like go into like a food coma more easily. It's very annoying. I know what you mean. Like I used to be able to eat more. I wonder if and... for me, I think it's just since I've started working full time, like as a dietitian, it's almost always a sedentary job. Mm-hmm. Whereas I used to like walk 20, 30,000 steps a day in college on yeah. top of lifting almost every day. Yeah. And I still lift, but like, I try to take them for walks most days, but besides that, I'm my butt all day talking to people. It's sad how sedentary we are i miss i miss it i miss moving all the time yeah don't miss college though which is our next point <laughs> how we did we class <laughs> which i don't know how it reacted i remember i was like laughing at the start of the exam oh my god this was biochemistry by the way yeah which i'm sure we told the story before but i feel like we probably went and like ate somewhere and like talked we about probably... how dumb how dumb it was or yeah. Like something. Yeah. We probably went to like a dining court or something and ate way too many desserts. <laughs> to be fair though, Purdue did not skimp on the dessert bars. No, they're great. Well, we made it this far. Who cares? Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, we made yeah. it through. Second time around. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, we've already said this, but is emotional eating bad? No, not inherently. It's completely normal to do it. And it's a very valid way to cope with really any emotion you might feel. But like I already said, it's like Emily said too. It's just like the why behind it. And I'd say like how often we're doing it as well. And if it's our only way to cope with that emotion. Yes. Um, and if it's leading to you feeling really uncomfortable too. Like if whenever you feel stressed, you eat like really large quantities and that just leaves you feeling like really uncomfortable, it probably is going to be good to figure out other ways to cope that make you actually feel better versus than just feeling worse with that emotion you're feeling. Exactly. So how do we do that? Yeah. So first step to how to cope with emotional eating is identifying your triggers. And this could be like what Hannah and I talked about, like Hannah's, I don't even know if I'd say this is a trigger, but like every Sunday could be your trigger, just the day of the week. Yeah. You will eat your popcorn snacks. Popcorn snacks. (laughs) And my, one of my triggers is if I'm really overwhelmed, I know I'm more inept to go eat something to distract myself. It's things like that where like you just have to think about a little bit more. What I would always ask myself is like, 
am I like, what, what are my physical hunger cues? Like, am I, when was the last time I ate? Does my stomach yeah. hurt? I want to say that um, earlier, like your emotional eating could totally be worsened if you're actually hungry. Oh yeah. So like make you're sure you're much more vulnerable. Enough, first of all, you're so, yeah. you're so vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. I meant to say that at the very beginning. I totally forgot. Yeah. Um, or like you just like figure out kind of like what is driving this hunger and it could be a combination of both as well. Um, but once you start to learn those triggers, that's when we could start maybe thinking of some ways to cope with it. And this doesn't mean like we're going to stop the emotional eating. It just means how am I feeling after I participate in this? Cause like if you have a couple coping mechanisms already, maybe you don't need to put as much work on into this. Like everyone has room for improvement, but it's always good to just be able to identify what's driving that at least, which leads us to the second step is finding some alternative mechanisms for that emotional eating. So like, say I'm going to use me for an example, um, because I know myself (laughs) and I don't know you guys as well. Um, but let's say like an alternative mechanism for me being really overwhelmed is maybe I'll go read because reading is something that also calms me down a lot and helps me still be quote unquote distracted. But it's something that maybe like I would like if I tended to overeat a lot and I felt really uncomfortable and bad, um, then I can like alternate it. But that doesn't mean I'm going to just stop emotionally eating. Like I still very much emotionally eat now, but it's something else I could try. And like I said before, it's hard to do in the moment when you're like really just being driven by that emotion. That's okay. It's just something that the more we reflect on it, it doesn't need to be like something obsessive where every single time we're eating, we're like, why am I eating? It's like, you'll just focusing on the triggers more so, or like, just even think about how you respond to things in general, emotionally. doesn't even need to be food. This could be a great reflection to see how you, if you're a reactive person or what type of person you are, um, we can start with that. And if you're thinking like, oh my gosh, guys, I don't even know what alternatives I have because all you know is to go towards food. I always like to ask people what genuinely makes you happy and trying to do that. And that can be going outside for a walk. Some people like to crochet. Some people like to do puzzles. You can play with your dog. You can call a friend, uh, play with your cat, play with your turtle, play with your weasel, play with your We are so bird. inclusive around here at Tud. <laughs> Trying to include all your lizard, um, play with, not with your fish. Don't play with your fish. You'll kill them. Um, so not only are we giving emotional eating tips today we're also giving animal care tips we we had a bet on here multiple times and now suddenly we are animal experts yeah um um, no it's just like think of a couple different activities and doesn't be something crazy it could be just like listening to music or something like that's gonna like help deal with that emotion whatever it is yeah, we didn't even put in like angry eating in here because obviously I participate in that, but that could be another <laughs> yeah, <laughs> emotional eating type. Don't they have like um what are they called? Like those rooms you can like rent out and like go smash stuff. Dude, I want to go to one of those so badly. Me too. I want it to be like perfectly timed though, where I'm like having a rage blackout and I'm like ready to go. That's true. 
I feel like that's something that's just on the moment. Like I need like we're on standby (laughs) when you and I finally live together, like in the same area, like in our studio, which we can use at any time. Like if we're both doing something on a Saturday separately and like, I get really mad about something. I can go to the studio into the rage room and just have at it. We'll have inventory to like keep things stocked in there to break. <laughs> Come out of our week. We'll have budget. someone in charge. Yeah. Someone in charge of making sure the rage room is stocked. We'll get an intern. An inter- a rage room, rage room intern. <laughs> uh, that'd oh, be man. great. Um, speaking of the music thing though, in my membership that I offer, which I don't like to talk about on here, it's obviously not through TUD, but um, I have for the members, speaking of like emotional eating, I made like playlists for them on Spotify. They can like follow and listen to for like each emotion. So like if they're feeling like, I know I love it. So like if they need like a happy playlist, I have one of those. If they need like a, like a sad, mellow kind of playlist, I have one of those. Mm -hmm. If they need like an angry playlist, I have one of those. So you could always do the same for yourself too. Like make playlists that you can like refer back to. Like Emily said, it's kind of hard to know in the moment. Like I feel angry. Let's go to Spotify. Um, You might just be having like a more normal like fluid reaction but at least having that could help to maybe use as a mechanism if you are thinking about it yeah that's a good idea yeah i was thinking i have spotify playlists like that but mine are like unhinged and i don't think anyone should (laughs) look to those for references (laughs) for reference my sad playlist is called therapy session that can't be good. <laughs> no, no. I don't think I have but any the, sad playlists. Well, you said that you don't like to be sad anymore. So I you don't prob- like to be sad. I avoid it at all costs, which is probably a problem. <laughs> That's going to build up into something else. You'll go through an, a roller coaster of being sad and then never being sad. And hmm. I can't be good. It's okay. You're aware at least. I'm very aware of my problems. I just need to fix them. Not fix them. <laughs> I don't need to do that either, which is also a you problem. You can work on them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. We, we all know my problems around here at this point. <laughs> every, yeah. I think every episode I bring up whatever issue I have realized <laughs> about myself since the last week. <laughs> it's okay. There, and we're just sharing more about ourselves. So when a scandal comes out, it won't be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah is going through this. We have to give her grace because she hasn't felt sad in a long time. And it- <laughs> finally came to her so we'll give her a break for the scandal yeah yeah that's uh, funny so overall emotional eating is okay you don't need to beat yourself up we're all human and as long as we're making like conscious efforts to just try to manage our emotions that doesn't mean like suppress them it doesn't mean like correct them or like find some healthy alternative it's just making sure we're not letting them run haywire like the inside out movie where they just imagine like those just not being kept in check, which is kind of what happened. Is that the one or the cartoon, the Disney mm-hmm. one? Mm-hmm. I've heard that one's sad, so I haven't watched it. I cried the first you exactly. would definitely you would definitely cry. That's what everyone says, so I've avoided <laughs> it like the plague. But it's it's so good though. Even a happy cry, I don't want that either. There's like, sad and happy crying. Yeah. I'll be avoiding that. No, yeah, I don't think you. You'd be very sad. <laughs> I like, but it's a good movie. when it comes to like movies and TV, like movies especially. I cannot watch movies like that because 
I get so emotionally attached. That's why I like watch TV shows more than movies because I have like nine seasons before the breakup with the TV show happens. Yeah. I hate movies because I like fall in love with someone for whatever reason. And then an hour later, I they're dead or the movie's over or whatever. I'm a TV show person. Everyone at work gets mad yeah. at me. They're always like, have you seen this movie? I'm like, you already know the answer. <laughs> of course I have. I've seen like five movies in my entire life. Oh my Okay, that's my other problem. <laughs> so we've we've unveiled something else. Something I mean, new. Talking about emotional eating has really got me just bringing things up. Oh. Okay. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's do the bonus question. Oh yeah. So, what is today's bonus question? I'm excited for because I we should do a guess of each other's, and then we'll answer. So. Why are you making that face? Because I don't have an answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, let's say the question at least before you go and tell us like five different things you like. So <laughs> the bonus question is, what is your favorite type of wine? Would it help if we let you do a white and a red? Like, do I like white or red more? I'm saying like a specific type of white or red, like a oh, Pinot Noir, well, Pinot like Grigio. The issue is like, I have no idea like, what color a Pinot Grigio is. I don't know why. Oh, okay. Okay. Then we can do red, white, or rosé. Like if I drink a or wine. Or we can do champagne. I like, champagne there. I guess maybe more like the notes. I like sweet things. Okay. But as I'm getting older, I am appreciating a little bit drier, but mm-hmm. I don't know. What's like a really dry wine? I probably wouldn't like a really dry one. Like a Pinot Noir. That's okay. like a red dry. I probably wouldn't like that very much. I could drink it, but I wouldn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you now, I was going to say it depends. Like if I'm drinking it by itself, I yeah. want it to be sweeter. I think that's a valid answer drinking- for wine. Yeah. But if it's with food, I like drier wines. I think, yeah, for wine, it's okay to say it depends. And like, I think it's a common reason. And like, even like what type of food you're eating, I'm sure it depends. Yes. Like whatever yeah. you're, if you're having fish, I'm sure you do like a you do certain like type. White Is it wine. white? In chicken and then like red meats are red wines. I want to get more into it. I like wine. We that should go, be... we should go to France and we should go to wine tastings. Ooh, our travel is... is getting broad. I love it. Someone, some brand pay for us to go to France. Oh, yeah. And we will review it's educational. Wines. Yeah. It's it's for my we could do cooking classes out there. Oh my like, gosh. We could talk about they're much more in tune with like the family side and like long meal times and that side of it. We could totally do a podcast episode or in a oh. blog post about it. Yeah. We will talk about your business, whoever sponsors us. It'll be, you'll be our sponsor. If you cover episode. flights, housing, food. <laughs> All the basic living necessities that we You know, need. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe my goal for 2023 will be to drink more wine. <laughs> drink more <laughs> alcohol. Take that diet culture. <laughs> oh my gosh. I want to bring up our alcohol. Do you think doing alcohol is cool episode? I don't think that Emily and Hannah would support that statement. No, I don't think it's cool. I don't think I'm cool at all. 
I think it would be, it's educational. Once again, I just want to like learn more about it. Yeah. I was with Binnie's. No, we talked about this because I was like okay. in awe when I was there with you. Okay. I was going to say they used to have free wine tastings that were literally like amazing because you just <sighs> got free wine and could eat as much bread as you wanted. And so they were great. like the like special smart wine people. Smalliers. Yes. There's got to be something similar. There's wineries around here where I live. I don't, I mm-hmm. mean, it's Indiana, so I don't know how much wine diversity they're offering but maybe we'll go to california there we go just go to wine wine country yeah that seems a little more accessible than france for now (laughs) for now get there yeah so good talk good talk (laughs) give yourself grace guys that's all we we could leave it at that um we're all human and that's okay mostly it's gonna happen and we are examples of that. Yeah. Have a good rest of your week. I had nothing um, to add to that. Nothing at okay, all. Cool. I, I was like, I don't know. You really knocked else. it out of the park. I was just okay. like, I agree with everything you said. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you made it through the Liver King episodes, we appreciate you coming <laughs> back for the emotional eating. And if you found us through Liver King and now you're like, what is this crap? Sorry, this is what it this usually is, is a little bit here. more on brand for us. Yeah, there's not a lot of that usually. So maybe we'll make it a little bit juicier and review public figures. Yeah, controversy sells. Controversial. Cool. So have a good rest of your day. We'll let you go. All right, bye. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your host Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.